0: This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community, inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Well, good morning again. My name is Joe Merrick, like I said before, the lead pastor here at Journey. So thankful that you are with us this morning. We hope, we pray you had a fantastic uh, Thanksgiving with some family. You had some moments of reflection where you just thought about all of the blessings that God has poured out onto your life. I know I had some of those moments. I was really thankful for all that God has been doing in my family uh, this year. Uh, both my kids got baptized this year. I think about uh, moments where I've heard my my girls singing up front uh, as they kind of sit and wait for their classrooms to start. And uh, all of those things have just been things I have been incredibly, incredibly thankful for uh, this year. I hope you have some of those as well. Uh, Before we get started today, though, I want to make sure um, we talk about our Connect card. You can find a Connect card in the uh, front the seat back in front of you. And uh, that Connect card is a very valuable uh, piece of information for us. Uh, It lets us know that you're here. Uh, We love to know that. We love to know who is here and who is is not, if there's somebody we need to follow up with. But also, on the back, there are things that you can tell us, uh, decisions that you've made. Maybe you have uh, invited or re-invited God into your heart, into your life. We want to know about that. We want to walk with you in that process. There are prayer requests that you can write down, uh, that those then get kind of uh, brought together, the board, uh, uh, the leadership team of the church, they pray for those throughout the week. Uh, So those are really important. Other decisions maybe that you've made, maybe someplace you want to volunteer. Many, many things can be uh, communicated to us on that Connect card. So it's our desire to have one of those from every family here. You can uh, pick that out of the seat back in front of you. You can fill it out. And then as the offering bags go by at the end of our time together, you can drop it in the offering bags. With that shared, uh, let me pray for us and we will jump in. God, we are so thankful for this morning, we are so thankful for these moments, these moments where we can push out the distractions of the world, we can push out the distractions of work, of all the other things that are happening, God, and we can focus on you. That's what we've been doing already this morning as we've been singing about you. We've been focusing in on your grace, on your love, on your plans for us, God, on uh, on how you want us to transform our hearts and our minds and our world. And God, we are about to open up your word, hear from you, God. My prayer is our hearts, our minds will be open. We'll be open to what you want to hear us to hear today. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, we are in the fourth and the final week of this series called The Search for Happiness. The Search for Happiness. And and that's something that so many of us are in all the time. We are looking for happiness. We oftentimes think that we're going to find happiness in the next place. We think we're going to find happiness in the next job, in the next relationship, in the next promotion. And so many times what happens when we get to that next place, we find happiness has moved yet again. It's moved just a little bit further out of reach. And so the search goes on and on and on. The Bible understands this human tendency that you and I have to look to search for happiness. It also understands that so many times we look for happiness in the wrong places. We look for happiness in the wrong places. That's so much of what we have been talking about in this series. Today, though... Today, we want to talk about finding happiness, finding joy when we don't feel like it. When we don't feel like it. When life isn't turning out the way we want. Then what? How do we find happiness? How do we find joy in times like those? Uh, Dr. Uh, Jamie Ayton. A cancer survivor, a researcher, uh, who studied how people respond to tragedy, how they respond to tragedy, wrote this just a couple of years ago in the Washington Post. He says this, most of us operate from what researchers refer to as a just worldview. Uh, We tend to believe that if we are good, then good things happen to us. It's difficult then to find uh, meaning, to find justification when bad things happen, he says. He talks about his personal expense. He said, I went to the doctor. I had a shooting pain in my leg. I never dreamed it was from a mass sitting on a nerve bundle. He talks about it being difficult to wrap his mind around that. How thoughts of, I'm a good person, plagued him. How can this be happening to me? He goes back to his kind of academic studies. He says, My colleagues and I, we have interviewed and we've surveyed disaster survivors about their views of God in the wake of a catastrophe. We have found that you can have two people, listen to this, you can have two people go through almost identical losses with one believing that God saved them and the other believing that God is punishing them. And what we found, he says, is that those who are unable to find any positive meaning in the difficult circumstances, in the tragedy, they suffer much They suffer much more. They suffer much longer. He goes on and tells one more story. A colleague of mine uh, deployed to help with a relief agency after Superstorm Sandy. She met a man whose roof had been blown away, and this man surprised the relief team with an optimistic quip. He said, sometimes you have to lose the roof to see the stars. You have to lose the roof to see the stars. What a perspective. What a perspective. We don't get the details or the particulars on this individual, but if we were placing bets on who was doing the best after a tragedy, my money would be on someone like that. When yours. Maybe that's not how you would respond to a tragedy in your life. But don't you think, don't you think that's how God, don't you think that's more in line with how God wants us to respond? Philippians 4.4 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice Always in all things. That means God wants us to find joy not when, just when things are going our way. Not when things are just lining up the way that we had planned, the way we dreamed for. Not when everything is positive and moving in the right direction. But even when times are hard and challenges are big. We're to find joy. Just a few verses later, Paul adds in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace beyond understanding. Joy beyond understanding. What the Bible is driving at here is to find joy and peace in God even when your circumstances don't immediately give you those feelings. That's what the Bible is talking about. And now that we kind of see this kind of bar that the Bible sets for us, this expectation God puts on you and me, the big question remains, right? How? How do we do that? If you're taking notes this morning, I have four ways. Four ways. Uh, four ways to help us move from maybe despair to joy in all circumstances. Four ways to find joy when you don't feel like it. All right, number one is this. Take a short look at your problem. Take a short look at your problems. Proverbs twelve twenty two says this. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. The first way we find joy when circumstances don't dictate joy is we take an honest look at our troubles, an honest look at them. It doesn't do any good to pretend that a problem isn't there, that it doesn't exist, that it's somehow, that if we just deny it, that we won't have to face it, that doesn't help the situation. In fact, it makes it worse just like that doesn't help, the opposite doesn't help. And this is what we struggle with even more, right? We fixate on the trouble. We fixate on the problem so much that pretty soon it's all we see. We get, so, uh, we get tunnel vision on the trouble in our life. It's all our attention. When we, when we allow our minds to get so hyper-focused on the trouble, so hyper-focused on the difficulties that you and I might be facing in a particular situation, eventually it moves from just being outside of us to within us. We eventually become not merely people in a difficult situation, we become discouraged people in all situations. That's what can happen when we get hyper-focused, when we spend too much time thinking about the trouble, the hardship. That's why I talk about taking a short look at the problem. A short look at the problem. We have to face reality, but we can't obsess so much on our problems that they actually become more difficult than they are. Second thing is to take time to count your blessings. We want to find joy when we don't feel like having joy, when that's not the kind of immediate response to our circumstances. We have to take time to count our blessings. In 1 Samuel, there's this kind of interesting story we don't talk a lot about. It's about uh, David. David is on the run from the Old Testament. He's on the run from King Saul, who's uh, the king of Israel in this moment. And he's out, and he's hiding, and he's hiding. He, he's, uh, he's running from Saul. And eventually, he gets so tired of hiding and running, he goes to The Philistines. Now, if that name sounds familiar, that's because Goliath, the the giant that David fought as a youth, the, the champion warrior that he fought and defeated as a small boy, was a Philistine. So he's going to the enemy for protection. He gets protection from Saul, but he's got to uh, do some things for Saul now, for the Philist or, I'm sorry, uh, not for Saul. He's got to do some things for the king of the Philistines. He and his men, they're grounded in this little town, and they're expected to kind of work for it. And so they're out and they're on missions for the king of the Philistines. One of them is against the Israelites. One of them is against the Israelites, and they've lined up for battle, and God moves, and he doesn't, uh, David and his warriors don't have to fight uh, his own people. When they go back, when they go back to this town that they had been granted, what they find is all their houses have been ransacked and burnt to the ground. Another enemy had come in, and they had destroyed all of their homes. Their families had been taken away as slaves, as prisoners. David's men are distraught. It says that the men that had followed David all these years had, had given up so much were thinking about stoning David. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 30, we're told that David went off He went off and he encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. In other words, he reminded himself of the many ways that God had blessed him, had been with him throughout his life and all the different twists and turns. He began to remember all the ways that God had been with him, the blessings he had of the men who had uh, gathered around him and only then... Was David able to rally his troops? And eventually they go off and they save their families. We talked about thankfulness last week, but I don't know how to talk about finding joy, finding happiness when times are hard, and not talk about being thankful. The bottom line is that thankfulness. Thankfulness is this key ingredient, this key ingredient when it comes to shifting our perspective from our trouble to God's joy. We have to have thankfulness. It's hard to imagine a more dire situation than the one David faced. I mean, he's on the run from his own king. He uh, has been hiding. He's in the wrong crowd. He's now with the enemy. His, uh, His family and the families of all his men have been captured. They've been taken away. His men are about to turn against him. With all of that swirling in the air... In all of this darkness, David turns to God. Someone, honestly, who at this moment, he's running from. He's running from God. He's abandoned the promised land. He's running from God. He turns back to him, and he finds strength as he remembers God's blessing, as he becomes thankful. Thankful for the ways God has been with him. So he begins to remember the promises that God has made. Then and only then does he have the courage, the ability to gather his men and save their families. What I'm trying to communicate to you, to me today, is the gratitude. Thankfulness is this uh, powerful force, this powerful force even when things aren't going the way we want them to go. Maybe even especially in those times, there might be nothing as powerful as taking a moment and being thankful for all the ways God has been with us. Now, David didn't go and thank God for what had just happened, for the terrible things, losing all their possessions and their families being taken. No. He goes and he begins to remember to look beyond the immediate tragedy, the immediate loss and challenge, to look beyond that and to see all the ways God had blessed him been with him. Number three, the third way that we have to (laughs) remind ourselves, we have to remind ourselves that we are not alone. We are not alone. Another story from the Old Testament, just before Israel has entered into the promised land, They've been wandering the desert for 40 years. They have a, a change from Moses to Joshua in leadership that is going to lead them into uh, this promised land, this land they had been waiting on for so long. And God says to Joshua in Joshua 1.9, something we all need to hear. We all need to hear, especially when times are hard. He says, this is my command. Be strong strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We have to remind ourselves that we are not alone. Even in the face of difficulty, even when the challenge seems more than we can handle, we are not alone alone. That's the same message that Jesus gives his disciples just before he departs this earth. That's the same message that Paul records for us in Romans when he tells us that there is no place we can go on earth, no challenge we can face where God is not with us. If we're going to find joy, if we're going to find joy when things don't automatically feel joyful, we have to understand deep in our hearts that God is with us. We are not alone. Corey Ten Boom was a, a Christian whose family was captured helping Jews escape the Holocaust she later wrote about her experiences, and one of them speaks to how sometimes God's, uh, som- God's sometimes surprising way uh, of seeing God even in tragedy. It goes something like this. The barracks where Corey Tinboom Boom and her sister Betsy were kept in the Nazi concentration camp Ravensbrook were overcrowded and flea-infested. They had been able to miraculously smuggle a Bible into the camp. And in the Bible, they had read that in all things they were to give thanks and that God can use anything for good. Betsy, Corey's sister, decided that meant thanking God for the fleas. Corey said this was too much too much, I can't do such a thing. But Betsy kept insisting. And so Corey gave in and prayed to God, thanking him, even for the fleas. Over the next several months, she says a wonderful thing, but curious thing happened. They found that the guards, they never entered their barracks where they stayed. They, that meant that the women there were not assaulted. It meant that they were able to do the unthinkable hold a Bible study and prayer meetings in the heart of a Nazi concentration camp. And through this, she says, countless women came to faith in Christ. Only at the end did they discover why the guards had left them alone, wouldn't enter their barracks. It was because of the fleas. I read a story like that, and I marvel. I marvel that in the midst of such tragedy, in the midst of such difficulty that anybody can find uh, God's presence, I wonder if I could do the same. Sometimes I get lost in those thoughts. Maybe you do, too. But when I do this, I, I fear that maybe I miss part of it. I miss something. Because the point isn't to kind of hold somebody up on on a religious pedestal and say, look at that, how amazing that is. The point is to look into our own life and say, you know what? My troubles are near as dark or as difficult. How much more should I be able to find God's blessing and presence in my life? when we're able to do that, it goes a long way, a long way to finding joy when we don't feel like it. Fourth, fourth idea I have for us to find joy when, it, when we don't feel like it is to take a long look at the possibilities. We take a short look at the problem, we take a long Look at the possibilities. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. When things seem impossible, when we try and we fail and we fail again, easy. It's easy for us to get discouraged, for us to be discouraged. However, it is key that we remember that while we ha- might have failed, while we might not have the resources to, uh, to attack whatever challenge is before us, we have a God who loves to do the impossible. We have a God who loves to do the impossible, and he does it again and again in Scripture and in life. And for the impossible to be possible with God, we have to trust him. That means we have to push away our doubts. We have to ask for his help. We have to understand that we can't do it on our own, and oftentimes it means we have to step out in faith. While no, uh, God loves to do the impossible, we're not granted magic wands. Our uh, desires don't always match up with His grander plans, but that doesn't mean He is powerless. We have every reason to be courageous and optimistic courageous and optimistic even in times of trouble because we believe that God has plans for our successes and our failures. Even when things don't work out the way we want them to, the way we had planned for them to, God finds a way to use those scenarios as well. So today, as we come to this time of wondering, okay, what do we do with all of this? How do we kind of put this into play in our life? The question I have for you and for me is, can you think of some places where you're discouraged? Some places where uh, doubts keep kind of bubbling up, some places where uh, you're just down you've one of those, maybe you got several of those this morning, some area of life. And as you begin to kind of bring those to the forefront of your mind, which of these, which of these four ways to find joy, even when we don't feel like having joy, can you match up with that scenario? Do you need to take a short look? your problems are you kind of uh, ignoring some things hoping they just go away on their own but they're not or are you on the other end of the perspective uh, the on the other end and and you are so focused in on the trouble so focused in on the challenge that it's all you see do you need to be reminded to take just a short look Don't ignore it, but don't focus on it so much that you make it harder than it actually is. To you, you need to take some time to count your blessings, to make sure that you have thankfulness even in the face of hardship. That thankfulness has an incredible Power in our life to, to change our perspective, to change our focus from what's uh, not going well, from uh, what seems impossible to who God is and what He has done for you and me. Do you need to be reminded that in the face of the difficulty? in the face of the challenge that you are not alone. That's what God says to Joshua. It's what Jesus says to his disciples. It's what Paul tells the church in Rome. It's again and again in scriptures. It's what God says to us, that we're not alone in our challenge. Even when it feels like it, he's there with us. And finally, do you need to take a long look at the possibilities? The possibilities, yes, that, that you can put forth, the energy, yes, that you can put forth. But even more than that, the possibilities that God can work in your heart, in your life, in your situation. Most importantly, though, don't do any of those things on your own. Don't do any of those things alone. Seek God as you seek happiness. Seek God as you seek happiness, and in him you will find joy. Let's pray about those things this morning. Lord, it is so easy In the midst of trouble to become so focused on the problem before us, so isolated from everybody else that we feel like we're alone, we're the only one facing this, we're the only one facing this problem, and it's all that we see, and it steals the joy and the happiness right from our heart. God, you call us. You call us to find joy in all circumstances. Not because all circumstances are fun and easy, but because of so many of the things that we talked about this morning. Because, God, you have blessed us in so many ways. No matter what challenge is before us, we can look to our left and our right and behind us. And we can see how you have been with us and blessed us. And we have so much to be thankful for. You call us to have joy in the midst of difficulty. Because you promise to be with us wherever we go. God, you call us to find happiness when that's not what we respond with immediately. Because you want us to be an example to the world around us of how our life can be different, how our hearts can be more in tune with you, and that means they are filled with more joy than anyone else's. God, my prayer today is that as we face hardship, as we face difficulties, as we face areas of our life that aren't going as we planned, and we all have those, God, my prayer is that we can take a short look at the problem prayer is that we can remember to count our blessings. That we can remember we are not alone. And God, that we can take a long look at the possibilities. And those possibilities are long when we have you in our life. God, let the difficulty and the hardship in our lives, the things that aren't going as planned, let them draw us closer to you. We don't want to face any of these things alone. We want to face them with you. So God, we say, we say, God, be in our heart and in our life.